The journey and its adventures and the quote that we've been using on this series is, knowing God is the main storyline of the journey and is the greatest of adventures. And the, I wrote that in my journal and, and it just started birthing in me this idea of knowing God more and, and knowing God is the greatest of adventures. Because when God's on my journey with me every day, it is an adventure. Because I can look at my journey through a lens that says, you know what, even though right now I may be uncomfortable or I may be going through something that I really don't want to go through, I can look at it through the lens that God's with me and this is an adventure. So I got to thinking about, you know, how we know God. We looked at knowing God through salvation. We looked at knowing God through the Bible. And we haven't talked about prayer yet. I was, about three months ago, a guy called me, and he was, he was going through a rough time. He had, had uh, lost his job, had been there for 20-something years, and was looking for a job, and it wasn't going real good. And so he was doing his devotion that morning, and it was on prayer. And so my phone rings, and I pick it up, and, I, and he goes, hey, man. I say, hey, how you doing? He said, I'm all right. He goes, I got a question for you. Who's actually praying? And I was like, well, what do you mean? He goes, man, I was just praying for you, and I thought, this is the first time I've ever prayed for you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's nice. He, he's, but he's, he was like in a spot where God was leading him into a relationship with God, with, with God. God was leading him into that that he'd never been in before. And that question, who's actually praying? Who's praying? Just like sunk into my soul, and it's been stewing there ever since. Because we talk about prayer. We read books about prayer. We have home groups about prayer. We get together and have dinner about prayer. But who's really praying? It's a good question, isn't it? So maybe you're here today and you say, I don't know how to pray. So I don't pray. Well, if you're here today and you say, hey, how should I pray? You are in good company. Because the disciples asked that very question to Jesus. Hey, Lord, how should we pray? And that's where the Lord's prayer is birthed out of. See, prayer is an anchor to our everyday life. Consistent prayer, even when we don't feel like it, and we've said this many times, and I'll say it 100 million more times, hopefully. If you don't feel like praying, talk to God about it. Because before you know it, you're praying. But, but prayer is like an anchor that keeps me, will you, you help me? It, it keeps me out of areas where I get disconnected from God. So Anthony is prayer. Say hello to prayer. Hello, prayer. <laughs> <laughs> look, in the first service, I was like, when I, he tied the rope around his waist, I said, you look nervous. He said, well, last time you did this, you put a bottle in my mouth. <laughs> Y'all remember that? If you weren't here, that's totally weird. <laughs> if you were here, you remember that. So, you ready? All right. So, in my life, I need anchors. I need to be tied to things in my life. And prayer is one of those things that brings me back to center. Because the question is, who's actually praying? So, if I am tempted to go off and get so busy and too important... But I have, and so here I go, but I've got a daily habit of prayer. At some point, prayer pulls me back. Prayer pulls me back to center. So I come back and I got to deal with God 
on the fact that I think I'm too busy and I'm too important. If I'm dealing with addiction in my life and I tempt, like I'm tempted, I'm tempted, I'm tempted, I'm tempted. Oh, so tomorrow morning, even if I failed, tomorrow morning, I come back to center in praying. With Prayer is our communication line with God. After the word of God, you pray to God. Now, if, if, I, if I say, you know what, I'm too busy to pray, and, you know, God probably doesn't love me anyway, and I stop praying, I have no anchor. So now I could spend a day, six days, a week, three weeks, three months, a year, a lifetime of wandering around without any anchor in my life because I refuse to talk to God about what's really going on in my life. So who's praying? It's a good question. So, so you get this idea of the disciples walking along. Hey, Lord, how do we pray? That's where the Lord's prayer comes from. And I have to tell you, when Jesus taught them how to pray, he wasn't giving them a, a, like a say this and you're good. He was giving them a formula of what was, what's really important to talk to God about. And so this week and next week, we're going to talk about that. So here we go. Matthew 6, 9 to 13. This then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So we're going to talk about the first part of this prayer today. And the challenge is, for those of us in this room that have accepted Christ as our personal Savior, no matter where you're at on your journey, the challenge is up up the game in your prayer life. Number one, hallowed be your name. Matthew 6, 9, this is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means to recognize the greatness of one. Hallowed. In other words, when I go to God, the first thing I say is, it may be God, I'm really hurting right now, but you're awesome. You're amazing. In that word, hallowed, right there, your name are all the covenant names of God wrapped up in one. Jehovah Jireh is my provider. Jehovah Shalom, he's my peace. I could go down the line. But all the way through there, and, and so when I pray every day, I can claim those names of God because that's who he is over areas of my life where I really need him to move. Our Father in heaven. It's interesting right there that Jesus starts off, he's my dad. And we get, the, we get the ability to say that also. Remember we talked about week before last, we're joint heirs? You remember that? And so we get what Jesus, he's our father. And so when we go to him in that quiet hour, it's that idea of saying, hey, God, here's your child. But before we get into what I need, I just want to tell you how great you are. I want to tell you how awesome you are. You know, one of the names of God is Yahweh. And it's so interesting that we sang that song this morning. And what the Hebrew people would do with their children, when they, when they would say the word Yahweh, which was very special, very, I mean, it was a very big deal. When they would say the word Yahweh, they would take honey and put on a kid's mouth. And if you're here, you're like, what? That's not a big deal. Why didn't they give them a Snickers? 
Well, they didn't have Snickers. Honey, honey outside of fruit was, was the absolute unamazing gift. And so they would teach them to say Yahweh even before they would say mom or dad, Yahweh. And every time they would say it, they'd put a drop of honey on their tongue. And it, isn't that so counter to what some people believe about God? Like the sweetness of honey in reference to God. And so now you got this kid, every time he thinks about God, he thinks about a treat. And we got a whole world of people out there that think, God's, that they think God is absolutely mad at them. And, and that's partly the church's fault. And here you, you've got Yahweh, sweetness, Father, Daddy, help me. And so, hallowed be your name. This then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so you're recognizing the fact that he is the father of everything. And then you're realizing, go to this next scripture, Kim. You're realizing that he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the Lord God who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Oh, boy. Think about that for a second because we get so important and we get so into our own lives that, that either we think God doesn't care about what we're going through or we think, or, or we think that we're, we got this. If you, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, God's saying, I am, I was, I am, and I am to come. So, God was in your past, and so he's taking care of that. God's in today, so he can take care of that. And God's in the future, pulling us to the future, so he's going to take care of that. Therefore, we don't have to worry, which we'll get to that in a second. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come. And I love this, the Almighty. You know, if you grew up playing sports, anybody grew up playing sports? Surfing is a sport. Golf's a sport. Shopping, from what I understand, is a sport. But, there, you know, in certain scenarios, there was that one guy or that one girl that you just knew. I ain't messing with them. Like, they're going to run me over. Like, I'm, I'm going to pretend like I fell down. <laughs> and, and it was just kind of like, not fair, you know what I mean? Just not fair. Like, God, why did you make that person so much bigger than I? And times that a million, a hundred million, a billion, and you can't even get close to the might of God. And that's what he's saying. Look, Jesus is going, look, guys, and he's saying this through a lens that is pointing towards what he knows that the disciples are going to go through. Jesus knows that they're going to be up against a lot of opposition in the future days to come. So he's saying, look, look, just remember, hallowed be, hallowed be his name. He's autumn, he's awesome, and he's almighty. So remember that, guys. That's what he's saying. Hey, hey boys, come here. You, know, you asked me how do you pray. Remember how awesome God is. Next thing. Your will be done, Matthew 6, 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we talked about being attached to prayer. What are you attached to? 
Friday was my birthday, and my son asked me what I wanted for my birthday, and I said, I'd love to go play in the woods. He goes, you know, one of the things that, no, I would love for you to meet me at this hunting lease we have, and let's just go play in the woods. So he drove over from Orlando, and we played in the woods. We got muddy. We got wet. It was lightning like crazy. It, it was like, it was pretty epic, actually. It's one of the best birthdays I've ever had. Don't tell my wife that. <laughs> it was fun. So when we got back, we're soaking wet and muddy, and he was going to go his way, and I was going to go my way, I realized I didn't have my phone. So, man, we start looking for this phone everywhere. I mean, cars. So we go back to one of these food plots. We look in here. We're looking there. We're looking everywhere. And most of the places we were at was like knee-deep water, alligators, snakes, things like that, right? And so um, can't, we never could find it, right? So, but it's better than losing it at a gas station where somebody can get your information because um, unless deer grow thumbs, I'm good, and you should be good, too, because a lot of the information on there is about you, and you don't want anybody knowing that. <laughs> so anyway, so no phone, right? And side note, if you text me or called me in the last couple days and I didn't call you back, stop being offended. I have no phone. Here's, here's the idea about being attached. I, on the way home, it's only an hour and 40 minutes from where I was at to get to my house. I guarantee you at least 75 to 100 times I reach for my phone. You know what I'm talking about? I felt naked. Like, I just, you know, just reaching for my phone. Like, oh, I need to text this person. Oh, I don't have a phone. Oh, I wonder if it's going to rain all night. Oh, don't have a phone. And we are so attached to things in our life that we get so accustomed to being attached to them that they can take pre- I'm not talking about a phone taking precedence over. I'm talking about attachment. That's the way we're made. And so being attached to prayer on an everyday basis, creates an environment in our life that lends itself to hearing from God. So who's praying? That's the question. Who's actually praying? So your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I'm attaching myself to God in prayer, and I'm praying, God, let your kingdom come. Do you know you have a kingdom? Do you know that? You're like, what? You do. It's what you do every day. It's where you get gas. It's your family. It's your house. It's your workplace. It's who you are every day of your life. That's, that's your little kingdom. That's, I mean, because if you think about it, most of us get gas at the same place every day. Most of us go to the workplace or go to an airport and fly or whatever we do. But it all kind of works together. And what Jesus is looking at the disciples and saying, look, you're all going to be dispersed and you're going to go start the New Testament church. And so every day you need to pray, God, let your kingdom set up on top of my kingdom. And then he says, let your will be done. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This, to me, has to be one of the hardest things to pray. Let your will be done in my life, God. And you you say, well, Jason, why is that so hard? Don't you want God's will? Of course I do if I want that in my life. Like, how many of you know what it is to pray for something and then it doesn't come through? See, it's, it's really hard. It's really, 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 really hard to accept no from God. So we'll do things like, oh, God, 
I really, 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 really want that house. And God, I know you want me to have that house. So give me that house. And we never think for a second to pray, God, it's okay to be honest with God. God, I really, 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 really want that house. However, if that's not right for me, please shut the door. God, I really, really, really want that car, and I know you want me to have that car. So give me that car. Instead of God, you know my heart. You already know the desires of my heart because I've been abiding in you. But if that's not the right car for me, please shut the door. See, we, 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 do not, we do not like to pray your will be done. Let your will be done in my life, Lord. And for parents in this room right now, you need to be praying every day that God's will would be done in your children's lives. Every day. Let your will be done in my profession. Let your will be done in my family. Let your will be done in my marriage. Let your will be done... God, let your will be done in every decision I make. And see, here's the thing. This is not like a Hail Mary prayer, like pass Hail Mary, not the other kind, but the pass. You can't just throw these up. You just can't throw up prayers and expect, like, to get closer to God. These are prayers where you have to get along with God and say, Lord, you know what's going on in my life right now, and I want your will to be done in my life. Your will be done. Let your will be done in my life. Because here's the deal. If he wants to do it, he's able to do it. The Bible says we, we, we have not because we ask not. So then you get to a place. Go to this next scripture, Kim. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So what's Jesus doing right here? He's rabbi. That's who he is. He's teacher. And he's telling the disciples, look, at your greatest moment of need, just remember, God's will is the most important thing in your life. So much so that he is modeling beforehand what he does in the garden. Because what did he pray in the garden? The garden of Gethsemane. Come on. Thank you. You're slow but worth waiting on. So he's telling them something that he puts into practice so we know it's important. Hey, hey, teacher, how do we pray? Not my will, but your will be done. And so now we see Jesus is practicing what he preached to the disciples late, right before the, the horrific idea of the cross. He's saying, God, if this cup can pass from me, please let it, but not my will, your will be done. How does my mind get renewed through the word of God? And as I read the word of God, then I pray on the word of God. As my mind's being renewed, the will of God takes shape in my life, in my marriage, in my family, in my home, in my business. And the will of God takes such shape that I begin to follow the will of God. And I understand clarity comes about. So I got a question, who's praying? Because we talk about prayer, but who's really praying? Who'd you really pray for last week? Don't answer that out loud. They might be in this room. (laughs) 
But, but seriously, like, who's, who's really praying? Just keep going, Kim. Give us our daily bread, Matthew 6, 11. Give us today our daily bread. You're, you're looking at resource for the day, right? That, that's what Jesus is trying to say. He's not actually saying, give me a loaf of bread. He's saying, give me the resource in the spirit of what I need to make it through today. Maybe it's financial, maybe it's relational, whatever it is, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a marriage. But so, so he was, he is, and he is to come. So he dealt with the past, he's in today, but he's already throughout the day. Have you ever thought about it like this? Give us this day our daily bread. God already knows what I'm going to encounter in any given day. He already knows who I'm going to rub up against and who, like, he already knows every situation that I'm going to be in because he knows everything because he is God. And how often do we just neglect the idea of saying, hey, God, you know what I'm going to go through today, so I'm going to take some time to pray and ask you today, give me this day my daily bread. Like, I'm just going to take some time and say, Lord, you already know what I'm going to go through today, so, and you're already in today, and you're in tomorrow, so could you please make a path for me, make a way, give us this day our daily bread, you have not because you ask not, and that's what the Bible says, and so instead of griping and complaining to everyone around you about how terrible your life is or how broke you are, why don't you just talk to God and say, God, you know this situation. Could In your word, I'm asking you for resource to help me in this area of my life. And this is, it's not a quick hit. This is not a prayer just like boom, boom, boom. And it's, it's not a group prayer. It's a prayer where you get alone with God and you, you get serious with God and say, Lord, I need you to help me in this area. Have you ever, you ever been tempted or ha- had the, the idea of, I, this is a couple that I love. One is, uh, hey, God, if you're up there. <laughs> what? Like, did you just say that? Like, if, you, if we were here, if you're up there. So you just started your prayer with a massive faith statement right there. <laughs> hey, God, if you remember me. Okay, I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew you before you were even birthed. Like, I know who you are. I know when a hair falls from your head. And for some of us, that's more and more every day, right? <laughs> Dusting off the pillow. <laughs> so, so here, give us, give us today our daily bread. Now, if I know God is in control of my life, then I can pray in faith. Whether he decides to answer that prayer is up to him because he's already throughout the day. He's tomorrow. He is to come. So he understands what I need when I need it. Wow. That's a good God. That's a really good God. And so realizing that every day in my prayer life, I watched the, uh, anybody watch the inductions to the Hall of Fame last night? Yeah, okay. The 830 service is so much more spiritual than you guys are. (laughs) Actually, they're just older, and so they were at home on the couch with nothing to do. You guys were all, you guys were all out. And do not tell them I said that. <laughs> so um, 
I believe it was Jerome Bettis. It, it was one, one of the guys. And very awesome, awesome, positive person. And he said, uh, and I love this, on ESPN, right? Like full on ESPN. He, he says, you know what I do every morning? He said, I wake my kids up. And he had like four to six. To, I, can't, I couldn't keep up with him. He had a lot of kids. He goes, and I whisper in their ear, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now get up, you got to go to school. <laughs> setting the tone, setting the, setting the tone for the day. And then so if you think about a, a God that God created today, therefore it cannot be an enemy to my soul. So now I've got this God and now I have an access to him through a thing called prayer. Who's praying? Who's really praying? Because again, we talk about prayer. We read books about prayer. We have groups about prayer. But who's really praying? Let's go, go to this next scripture. Philippians 4.19, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Give me this day my daily bread. There is nothing that you need in your life that God is unable to give as he sees fit in his timing. I, I, I'm... I'm almost comical now about people think that Raina and I, we float around on clouds and we never have any problems and we just, and, and we float back down into church and we're here on Sundays, then we just float right back to a cloud and there's never, yeah. We have learned the power of prayer in our lives through situations that we have been through. And the staple of that is knowing that there's nothing that God cannot do for us if it's in his will and his timing. But you got to ask. You got to ask. You got to pray. You got to talk to God. Uh, Part of my prayer uh, ritual is arguing with God. Anybody do that? You ever argue with God? I do that while I'm driving. Because you can argue with your eyes open. (laughs) Like, and I... I really think the Lord loves that. And I really think that sometimes he's not answering my prayers because he loves for me to argue with him. Like, God, what are you But at the end of the day, I know he is able to meet every need in my life according to the riches and glory that are found in my Savior, Christ Jesus. Boom. Hands off. God. Like, I'm, I'm literally taking my hands off the situation, and I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to let you take care of it. I'm going to pray, I'm going to enter, but I'm, my hands are off. And isn't that hard? Isn't it so hard? I've told you before, it took me years upon years to go on a cruise. Because when we researched it, I found like I, I couldn't drive the boat. <laughs> no kidding. Like, I don't want to be on a boat. I'm not driving. I'm just straight up telling you right now, I'm uncomfortable with that. Because we we love to put our hands on things in our life, don't we? We we, we absolutely love to be in control. But the beautiful thing about prayer is, and this is what Jesus is, is telling the disciples, look here, God's got everything you need. Why don't you just ask him? He can take care of this need. If you look at Matthew 6, 31, 32, 
So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Do not worry. Everybody say that with me. Do not worry. Yeah. Good luck with that one. That's rough, isn't it? Because here's what worry does. Worry does this. The things I do for you guys is really amazing. That's what I, don't do it. <laughs> That's what worry does. W- worry binds me up. And so Jesus is telling the disciples, look, don't worry about it. It's so much easier said than done. Right? Anybody got teenagers in your house right now? Has anybody worried lately? Yeah, it just goes down that way. So, so Jesus is telling the disciples because he knows what, he, he knows what they're going to go through. Look, if you will follow this formula of coming to my Father in heaven and realizing how great he is and asking him to bless you every day in the areas that he already knows that you need to be blessed in, then you don't need to worry. You, you don't need to worry because he's got this. But what, what we, we have sadly been taught in the Church of America, a large part of it is, God's got this, I have no part to play. Our part to play is prayer. It's prayer. It's coming before God. It's getting up early. It's having discipline in your life. It says, you know what? I am going, I'm going to seek God's face today because I need him. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. He already knows. Let's look at this last scripture. Matthew seven eleven. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who... Say those last two words. Man. And you could have like a, you could have like a, a, a God moment right now, if you will, and saying, snap. I got so much going on in my life, and I hadn't asked God about any of it. Like, I, I've got so much going on that I've been so busy and stressed out, I can't remember the last time that I said, God, I know you know, but I want you to know that I know that you know that you can fix this. See, people can pray for you, but no one can pray for you. Do you get that? People can pray for you. In other words, other people can pray for you, and hopefully you pray for other people. But no one, they can pray on your behalf, but no one can pray for you in your stead. And we have this amazing, amazing vehicle to connect with God where there's transactions that happen through his Holy Spirit where I get to know him more and he showers me with his love and his presence enters the room. Even in the midnight hour when you're going through what would seem like hell in your life, Open up to God. Take the time. Again, get out of bed earlier. Whatever you have to do to rearrange your schedule and pray. Because again, who's praying? Who's actually praying? You know what will bring you to prayer? Teenagers. (laughs) Amen to that. Yeah. 
Our Father in heaven, who owns everything, who has the resource to do whatever he wants to do, is saying, listen, ask me. If either one of my kids were were hungry, like, and I had money, and I found out they were hungry, and they never called and asked for money, I'd be devastated. Like, why didn't you just call? Right? Now, my kids don't have that problem. They call. (laughs) But I'm just saying, if they did, like, I would be so devastated that I had the resource to help them, and they didn't reach out and ask for it. And sometimes I think we just tie God's hands by not asking because we're too busy to ask. And, and there are, let me clarify, there are those times where maybe before you work out or maybe before you leave the home and you pray with your spouse, there are those times for, for like quick prayers, like let's pray. But that, that is so far from prayer life. That's good, and it's good for new believers. But God desires a relationship. If I only talk to my wife for two minutes a day, it, it ain't going good. Like, hey, sweetie, love you. Hey, high five. Talk to you tomorrow morning. That ain't, we're not, that's not floating. That ain't happening. Prayer life is coming into an area with God where you get totally spiritually bare. And you say, God, you already know what's going on, but I need somebody to talk to you today. And this is what I need you to do for me today. And your word says, I have not because I ask not, so I'm asking. I'm full on asking right now. And I've set aside this time today to be with you and pray with you and talk, just like be with you, God. Could you please, please answer this prayer? Give me this day my daily bread. Whatever shape that takes form, and it takes different shapes because every day is different. Every day is different. But we know that God is already at the end of the day. So we know when we ask that, that he knows what's best for us. So it says right here, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? You know, the greatest gift that God gave us was Jesus Christ. That was a gift. And here's the thing about gifts. You don't buy gifts for yourself. If you buy gifts for yourself, you call those boats or four-wheelers or motorcycles. (laughs) It's not a gift. A gift is something someone else paid for and is freely giving over to you because they love you. They love you. And that's what God did for us by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. Give good gifts to those who ask him. So I got a question for you to ask you. Have you asked Jesus into your heart? Because at some point, you can't even, I mean, you can't start your prayer journey and the adventures of your prayer journey without a relationship with God. You can can talk to God and God will listen, but the journey doesn't start until you put your faith in God. What is salvation? We talked about it two weeks ago, the journey and adventures of salvation. It's a belief factor. It's putting our faith in the fact that we believe that Jesus Christ 
was the Messiah. They lived a sinless life. They put him on a cross. They put him in a grave, and he rose from the grave on the third day. It's your heart and your belief. And the Bible, that's what salvation's about. So maybe you're here today, and maybe you're like maybe seven or eight people in the first service and four or five people in the second service. Maybe you're in this room right now, and you say, you know what? I need a fresh start. I need a starting point. I need something to change in my life. Can I tell you, Jesus is the change agent. So if that's you, I want to pray with you. Would you bow your heads all over this place? Say, Jason, that's me. At this very moment, I know I need a starting point. I need something to change in my life. I need God to do a work in my life. And I'm, I'm coming to the realization that I've never put my faith in Jesus. If that's you all over this room, will you lift your hand just long enough for me to see it and put it right back down? So I, need, I, need something to, I need Jesus in my life. Anyone in this room? I see your hand. I see your hand. That's awesome. Anyone else? I see your hand, man. That's that's awesome. Hey, if you raised your hand, let me let me pray with you. Let me pray with you right now. And this is just a prayer of confessing what you believe, and it's between you and God. But let me lead you through it. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for loving me and thank you for chasing me. And right now I'm confessing in my heart that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that he was born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless life, he took my death and sin on the cross. I believe with all of my heart he rose from the grave. They placed him in on the third day and he's coming back for me one day. And so right now I confess in my heart and I I claim I am starting my journey today. I'm starting my journey today, God, and I thank you for being on that journey with me. I thank you that you'll never leave me or forsake me. Thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy that are flooding my soul right now, and thank you that I'm a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you raised your hand, listen to me. Go out to the tent, get a Bible and devotion. If you're shy, you can go to starting point at thecoastlinechurch.com, and a pastor will get back with you and get, get you some information. Good?